and namaste. My name is Samir Kalra, Managing Director with the Hindu American Foundation. Welcome to the That's So Hindu podcast. We're joined today by a very special guest, Mr. David Santoro, who is a president and CEO of Pacific Forum, a nonprofit foreign policy research institute based in Honolulu, Hawaii. Its programs encompass current and emerging political, security, economic, and business issues, and works to help stimulate cooperative policies in the Indo-Pacific through analysis and dialogue. David specializes in deterrence, arms control, and non-proliferation, and his current interests focus on great power dynamics and U.S. alliances. Welcome to the podcast, David. It's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much, Samir, uh, for having me. Uh, delighted to be here and uh, looking forward to our chat. Great. Uh, so, David, just to get us started here, maybe if you could talk a little bit about some of the work that you've been doing at Pacific Forum and particularly uh, how you've set up this new project, really focusing on the Indo-Pacific and U.S.-India relations. Absolutely. Um, if I may, let me give you like a little bit of background on, on, on Pacific Forum. Um, so we are, as you, as you said, uh, based in, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Uh, we have been around since 1975, um, focusing on the Indo-Pacific and, and, you know, particularly security studies. So we have been around for quite a long time. Um, I like to say that we've been around, we've been doing um, Indo-Pacific work before it um, became cool to be, to be doing Indo-Pacific uh, work. And so we have very, you know, I think very good expertise on the region and very deep connections uh, in the region as well. Um, our business model is really to do a lot of discussions and dialogues and facilitate, you know, frankly, sensitive discussions or discussions that can't really happen at the official level. Uh, but we also do a lot of research, our own research, or we commission research. Um, but but we are a forum first and foremost, and so we we facilitate um, you know discussions. Um, one of the things, so I've been president, I've been at Pacific Forum for uh, nearly twelve years, but I have been president for two years. Um, and one of the things that I um, I decided to do when I when I took over was to. Um, essentially do a lot more quote unquote Indo work. And um, I, I've, this has been one of my goals because we talk about the Indo-Pacific uh, now in, um, in the United States, but U.S. policy towards the region has been primarily focused on, on frankly, East Asia. Uh, and I would say, you know, even the Pacific has been an afterthought and so we talk about the Indo-Pacific, but we do East Asia work primarily. So the Indo and the Pacific uh, are, um, I don't want to say ignored, but certainly an afterthought. And I want to correct that. And so I've been interested in the Indo side of it with a particular focus on India. And so um, that's, that's what I've been trying to do. Uh, we are developing a lot more work in this area, a lot more research. We are trying to establish dialogues uh, with India uh, and reflecting because we're a think tank, we're trying to focus specifically on uh, the current status, uh, the future trajectory of the US-India relationship generally, and um, you know, also in specific areas. And I think it's an excellent time to, to do it. Wonderful. So, David, there are obviously a number of think tanks in Washington, D.C. 
that have been talking about India, I guess, what's the difference in terms of how you are approaching covering India versus maybe some of these more, uh, you know, traditional Washington, D.C. think tanks that look at India um, and have been uh, covering or doing research on India for a number of years as well? Uh, so that's 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 true. A lot of think tanks in in uh, primarily D.C., but also elsewhere have been doing work on India for, for quite a long time. I guess I um, I want to start from uh, where India is and not so much talk about U.S. policy. Uh, I'm interested in uh, understanding India before I will uh, advocate what the U.S. should do. Uh, and I'm not saying that this is necessarily uh, that, that, that these other think tanks are taking the opposite view, but there is a tendency in U.S. think tanks to talk or think about what U.S. policy can and should be first before uh, understanding other regions, frankly, including India. And so I want to do the opposite. And this is probably um, this is probably um, easier for us to do it because we are not in D.C. We are, you know, in Honolulu, and you know, we tend to have a region-first approach before we think about U.S. policy. Um, this is the benefit of being outside of DC and, and that's why we have, I think, deep roots and, and, and good connections in the region. And frankly, we can feel the pulse of the region a lot more. And so I want to do this, uh, with India as well. I want to start with a solid understanding of where India is, how it thinks, how it views the world, and then reflect about what we in the United States can do, should do with India to essentially um, make sure that this, this relationship is, is, you know, blossoming. Well, it seems like a very logical approach. It's uh, surprising that others haven't um, thought about it in that perspective, but I think that is probably much appreciated in India. And uh, speaking of India, you were just there recently, um, I believe in April of this year. Um, so tell us a little bit about, and I, I think that was your first trip uh, to India, um, so maybe tell us a little bit about that trip, um, you know, what you learned, um, the, you know, the energy maybe that you, um, experienced there and how that has helped better your understanding of the, uh, on the ground dynamics there. Uh, sure. This was actually my first professional trip. Professional trip. Uh, I, I was in India years ago, but I, and actually I, I was there for my first, first trip was a, I guess, research slash, um, you know, vacation trip. Uh, I was there partly for my, for my, uh, PhD research, but I also took some time to explore India. And so this trip in back in April was the, the first professional trip. And this was years after the, 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 the first trip. And, um, I was blown away. I mean, I was blown away in so many different ways by how much India had changed in in so little time how india looked in terms of you know the infrastructure everything had changed in so many different ways that um it, it felt like i was in a different countries and and in a good way i mean things had improved significantly and so you know the in addition to material things i saw many people uh frankly i felt that they had a very optimistic outlook on, on the world. Now, I'm not discounting the fact that India, just like any other country, has its own challenges, but I was, you know, I felt a real um, sense that uh, India was heading in the right direction in, in so many ways. 
And for the people that you met and talked with, what was the sense that um, you got from them about how they view the U.S.-India relationship? Um, I think we all oftentimes think about it as being based in America in terms of how we view that relationship. But how did they view it? And what was uh, what were some of the conversations that you had in terms of what they looked at from the U.S.? So I think there are uh, my, my sense was that a lot of people had many questions about the United States about the uh, U.S.-India relationship. Um, and I, I took that as a good thing. I mean, the fact that you're asking questions is that you're not actually, you, you're A, interested, and B, trying to see what can be done. So um, most people I talked to wanted to find out more about how we could move that relationship forward. Uh, now, you know, some people did express skepticism about how far we could take that relationship, but they were willing to try in one area, certainly technology, where there could be, you know, some uh, areas of cooperation, just because it makes sense, you know, functionally to engage in, in, in those, uh, in, in, the, in this domain. But there are also, I also had discussions about how to, um, how to bring together, um, how, how to get India and the United States together at the more political and strategic level. This is where I had many interesting discussions with people. Yes, asking questions, expressing some concerns, but also seeing the bigger picture and the need to at least um, advance that relationship in those domains, in the political and and, and strategic um, areas. So, uh, you know, overall, I, I was um, very enthused by, by, you know, the discussions I had with people there. So shifting back to the U.S., um, of course, Prime Minister Modi was here in the U.S. a few weeks back, um, I believe the week of June 22nd, and you happen to be in D.C. as well at that time. Um, talk a little bit about that, you know, the trip in terms of, you know, first of all, maybe some of the conversations you had with U.S. policymakers and others uh, while Prime Minister Modi was here, as well as what you saw as um, the uh, I guess the takeaways from that trip, um, both in terms of symbolism of that official state visit um, and substantively what was accomplished there. Sure. Well, as you know, expectations uh, on the U.S. and I think also on the Indian side were very high. And frankly, I think they did not disappoint. I mean, the visit was um, uh, well organized. Um, and, um, you know, the, 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 the symbolism was certainly there, like prime minister Modi had, a had an audience, uh, you could feel the energy in the city. Many people were interested, uh, again, in the United States, also people were asking questions and, and good questions, but also, you know, some people did express skepticism, but many people were also interested in, in, in exploring how we could move that, that, that relationship forward. Um, materially, I think. Clearly, um, it has been a success in so many different ways. Uh, the you know in the defense domain, in technology cooperation, um, you know in in enhancing people to people connections. Um, you look at the deliverables, and frankly, they have they are uh, breathtaking. So uh, you know, uh, to me, it has been a success. I was um, a little worried. Uh, just before the meeting that the United States was putting so much 
in that relationship that it could backfire saying, well, you know, we, 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 we want to do so much that we're going for it and we're pro- promising a lot. Re- the, re- the result, frankly, did not disappoint. It, it is, it is, um, a, I think, as I like to say, we might end up looking back at this visit and, and, and think, you know, this is the moment where the relationship has changed. It's too soon to tell right now, but I think this is this is this could be a, a, a key marker in in U.S. India relations. Um, and you know, in terms of why we are here, um, you know, I mean, clearly there is a joint or shared concern about about China and China's rise uh, in the United States and in and in India for for different different reasons so this is this is certainly or different or so different reasons in some case and 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 similar reason in in others but but certainly china is a catalyst in enhancing the us india relationship but i think it goes beyond that i think there's a um, uh, clear um interest on on both sides to appear as responsible stakeholders uh in the broader region beyond just the so-called quote-unquote China problem. Uh, I think you can see in, the India, in, in, in India and in the U.S. an interest in, frankly, shaping uh, the, the region's uh, security order. And it goes beyond the, the, the China problem. And I think this is, this is a good sign. This is a, a sign that um, you know, the, the two countries are, are responsible, are, are ready to actually do more. And, and this, is, this, is, this is good for the region. You mentioned a little bit about skepticism on both sides. Um, I think maybe Russia and uh, the whole Russia-Ukraine conflict, uh, you know, over the last several months has perhaps um, created some challenges. But did you sense that was an actual issue now or have both countries perhaps moved past that and that was maybe more of a temporary thorn um, in the relationship previously? But that's something that um, we can say is maybe in the past now. I mean, it's certainly it's certainly a problem uh, from from a U.S. standpoint uh, and uh, in in the relationship. Certainly, something that uh, will keep coming back as you know. Well, what about Russia? Because obviously, the U.S. and 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 India have a different uh, stance on, on Russia. But I think there is also, despite this this challenge, there is also um, interest. And and um, on both sides, to despite this problem, go beyond it. That the relationship that we want to develop has got to has got to blossom despite that problem. Um, and this is good. We have to actually look past it. Uh, doesn't mean that we're going to change our respective positions on the on on the question, but this is not going to stop further cooperation. And, you know, ultimately, this is this is this is what responsible statecraft is about. Uh, you look beyond just the immediate problem and think about the broader picture. And if if we have responsible um, uh, states, people uh, on each side, then then, you know, you don't let a problem get in the way of, of the broader strategic interests. Um, so is it a problem? Yes. Uh, yes. It's on everyone's mind. But. This is not going to stop um, improvement of the relationship. And I see that as a good sign. You know, one follow up question, just in terms of how uh, the different, um, you know, policymakers and think tank experts view the relationship. I think 
traditionally we've seen a lot of how India is viewed through the lens of South Asia, um, coupled with Pakistan. Um, now, of course, I think China is a much bigger uh, part of that equation. But do you still see any discussions? I mean, how I guess relevant now in U.S.-India relations is Pakistan to this uh, to this point? I mean, is that something that comes up in any conversations that you've had? Or in your analysis of the relationship, um, what's the relevance today of, of um, Pakistan in this dynamic? I would say that, yes, I mean, it's still it's still something that matters to the United States, but not again. It's it's not going to stop the relationship that we want to create with with India. Um, and um, I mean, I think, you know, <sighs> I would say that Pakistan is a, is a problem that the United States cannot ignore, but will not will not um, um, let uh, cause or, or, or cause problem in, in the broader relationship, uh, be it with India or any other country. Yes. So similar to Russia in some ways, uh, you know, it is a problem for India, but we're not going to sort of let that stop uh, foster cooperation. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, I think this is where we are. It doesn't come up as much as the Russia question. If this is, if this is your, 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 your point. Okay. Interesting. Uh, now speaking of other countries, um, India obviously has done, I think under prime minister Modi's leadership, a great job of outreach to a number of other countries and has established strong partnerships. Uh, one of those countries is France. Um, and you of course are a French background, um, and you're actually going to be visiting France, um, I think next week, I can't believe we're already in uh, July right now, but uh, the week of July 14th. Um, and, um, and I think prime minister Modi is going to be going there as well. Um, so maybe can you talk a little bit about the significance of that relationship, the India France relationship and what lessons can be learned perhaps, um, uh, from a U.S. perspective there? Sure. I, you know, in fact, should have started with this because, I, I I don't sound like an American, so I, I grew up in France um, and and became an American. So I'm a dual citizen now, and um, so I know France quite quite well. Um, what I would say is that uh, yes, clearly the India French France relationship has been very strong, and one of the reasons why it has worked really well is that there is similar to uh, France in, in India, an interest in maintaining some degree of strategic autonomy in its decisions, uh, strategic decisions. And this is something that, uh, you know, uh, works well in, in, in France as well. And so as a result, the relationship has worked um, really well. Um, we, as, as, as you know, in the, in the United States, um, we have a tendency to want allies that follow the U.S. leadership because the, the strategic culture is different, the power structure is also different. But this is this is the preferred approach to have allies that uh, we can rally to to the U.S. Um, to, to the U.S. cause to U.S. interests. Um, I don't think that this is going to work with India. It, it's not. India will remain, uh, you know, interested in strategic autonomy. And the, the line that I've been pushing is that to engage India successfully, um, we need to accept that. And India, I like to say that India is a big, um, is a big France. Uh, and as you know, uh, you know, U.S.-France relations 
have not always been very good. Now, France is an ally and, uh, you know, it's within NATO and therefore the relationship is still is still good. But there have been frictions. Uh, and I think the way we need to approach India is to uh, is, is in the same way. It's basically accept that India is going to have its own interests, that we will not always see the world, the region the same way. Because we, you know, we mentioned, we talked about Russia, we talked about Pakistan, so we will have differences. But again, let's accept that. Let's not try and rally India behind us. Let's just work with India where it makes sense, be it in certain functional areas, technology, other areas, or uh, or in 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 you know specific regions. Um, you know, I, I I'm very interested in, the, in India's Act East policy. And the fact that India is doing a lot more in Southeast Asia and even beyond Southeast Asia. Um, we in the United States now talk about the Indo-Pacific. And so we are getting, I hope, more interested in the Indo side. And so, you know, if, if India is looking and acting east and we are um, more interested in, 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 in the west of the Indo-Pacific, then it's a natural partnership. So, you know, this is what we should focus on. And again, accept that India will do its own things as well. And we don't have to agree on everything. This is what partnerships are about. Do you think that shift is possible, that acceptance is possible from a U.S. policy standpoint, just knowing um, perhaps how the policy establishment has acted traditionally, as you mentioned, wanting other countries to rally or under the U.S. leadership? Do you think that is possible to shift that in accordance with countries like India um, like, how do you see that playing out? Maybe I think it certainly would require a mindset shift in the U.S. strategic community, uh, because again, this the preferred approach has been you know rallying people or rallying countries uh, behind the U.S. leadership. So it will require some shift in thinking. But I think you know we unfortunately are in a strategic environment that is um, also very that is a deteriorating and you know, be difficult to manage. And so the, the I want to think that the logic of problems, problem solving will force the United States to adopt a more realistic approach and deal with countries and, and, and of course, India uh, where where it can and, and, and not and not sort of prevent cooperation when when you can't fully rally a country behind you. So. I'm cautiously optimistic. I don't know if that that answers your question. (laughs) Yes, cautiously optimistic. I think this is how I would describe it. Okay, wonderful. So if we look forward now, um, 2024 is going to be a big year in both countries, in both the US as well as India. Um, National elections, um, presidential election here in the US, um, as well as national elections in India. Uh, do you see any changes on the horizon, um, you know, with uh, 2024 around the corner and perhaps, you know, maybe a different uh, administration here in the U.S.? Um, we don't know what's going to happen in India, but, you know, how do you see things playing out or do you see a lot more continuity now? I hope there will be continuity. I hope that uh, we will be, regardless of what happens uh, politically in both countries, um, we will still be able to develop that partnership. Um, that, you know, has been growing for, for a long time. Um, I, I would say that, um, this is one of the issues, uh, that, that we have is you have sometimes, um, 
in both countries at the political level, people that are very interested in um, uh, developing the relationship. And the challenge is to make sure the internal systems, uh, the bureaucracy in each country is able to actually implement what is decided at the top level. And so one of the ways that I think we could ensure that um, regardless of what happens politically in each country, we can continue and develop that relationship is to make sure that internally in each country, we build that momentum for the relationship to, 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 um, to continue to develop. Um, I think, frankly, this is a big agenda of work and it's, it's difficult in both countries uh, for different, different reasons. Um, but if we do this, I think regardless of what happens politically, there is a chance to continue to grow that relationship. I want to think it's possible. I think there's a lot of momentum for it right now. And so the, the work, I guess, that needs to happen between now and 24 is uh, to not let the enthusiasm at the, the high level um, sit at the high level. I want that to trickle down to uh, into the bureaucracies and to make sure that we have a robust uh, foundation for the relationship to continue. So again, cautiously optimistic about about how you know that can that can develop. And I hope to be building that up. By the way, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I think it's good that in each of your answers you keep talking about optimism, cautiously or not. But optimism, I think, is 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 good to have. You know, one question I wanted to ask was that we see the. You know, and of course, our audience is filled um, with many members of the diaspora, the Indian American diaspora, and particularly the Hindu American diaspora. Um, and the diaspora can play an important role and has, I think, in the past in helping to uh, build uh, on that relationship between the U.S. and India. And a lot of people are still very um, involved in India um, in terms of, you know, charity or in terms of trying to educate policymakers here on the importance of the India relationship. How, what role do you see the diaspora playing going forward um, and how can they continue to be constructive in that relationship? I think a, a huge role. I think a huge role. Um, uh, unfortunately, and, and yes, the diaspora has been very active and, and this is a good thing. But I think what, what is, is um, missing in some ways is understanding uh, in the United States uh, where India is right now. And, and vice versa. So I, I worry a little bit that the narrative, uh, at least in the United States, and I'll admit that I know more about how we view India in the United States than how the United States, how the United States is viewed in India. But I worry a little bit about the general narrative that um, we in the United States have of India. And um, I mean, it's good to have a robust debate and, and um, you know, everyone should should express their opinions, um, but I think um, we can use a little bit more of a um, realistic um, uh, outlook on, on how India is uh, doing, what what it wants to achieve, uh, than what we hear in 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 the in the general media uh, in the United States. And I think that's certainly a, a role for the Indian diaspora to. Um, to play, to, to sort of change the narrative a little bit, to explain better where we are. And yes, there are challenges. That's fine. Everyone has challenges. And so, yes, I see, I see the diaspora as having a, a, a big role to play 
And I want to think that uh, think tanks and Pacific Forum can help uh, as well. So, so there you go. Absolutely. And I think you brought up a great point about the narrative and the general misunderstanding of the ground realities in India. Um, and I think, you know, people often forget whether it's in think tanks or the media or even policymakers that India is a country of 1.4 billion people. Um, so, you know, it has an established democracy, you know, a strong, um, you know, legal system, uh, court system, constitution, uh, state laws that are very robust in terms of providing many accommodations and benefits, religious freedom um, for minorities and for the entire population. But we sometimes hear, you know, some incidents that may happen. Of course, incidents happen in every country, but there's a tendency to then generalize that and, you know, then view India as this is systematic uh, there's a systematic issue or problem, um, and they often forget that it's a huge country and that, you know, some stray incidents, while they need to be dealt with and often are dealt with, they don't represent a general uh, sense of the atmosphere in India. So I think that's a great point in terms of helping to address that narrative and the role of the diaspora in doing so, as well as think tanks like Pacific Forum. Uh, look, uh, absolutely. And, and you know, I'll, I'll tell you, um, you we, we talked about France a little bit. Um, this is this is what we hear about France right now, uh, given what's what's been going on. Um, and I see too much, I think, for my taste uh, in the media, um, you know, France being portrayed as a racist country is because of, of what's ha what's happened. I think this is wrong. Uh, and and um, I mean, I think this is a false narrative. Uh, and again this is this is what what is going on in many different areas as well uh, for different countries and certainly for india and so you know getting getting the the story right and and reshaping the narrative uh is important and so certainly something that we can do more of uh in the united states when it comes when it comes to india great and just want to um kind of help wrap up our conversation um, in terms of if you have any takeaways um, or recommendations, like very specific things, concrete things that policymakers should do going forward. I know you mentioned a couple of things uh, broadly, um, but what would you say that is kind of critical to move this relationship forward? Uh, you know, if we're talking about just U.S. policymakers as well as policymakers in India um, to ensure that the relationship does not get sidetracked, um, that there aren't you know, hindrances, you know, whether it's based on a misunderstanding of ground realities or um, other things that may, uh, may occur, but what would your, be your kind of concrete, maybe two to three takeaways for policymakers in both countries to keep this uh, moving in the right direction? Sure. So what I would say for us policymakers, I would say focus on interests. And I, I, I can unpack that a little bit, but basically it means um, just focus on the specific areas of cooperation that we can, um, that, that can work when it comes to India. This is don't, don't try and rally India behind you. Just focus on where cooperation can happen. Uh, this is the way to do it for the reasons we've, we've discussed. And, uh, this will yield a lot of results. Um, for India, I would say that, um, I mean, certainly India wants to remain the master of its own destiny. That's that's totally fair. Uh, and it's fair for every country for that matter. I would also say, however, that um, getting closer to uh, the United States, the world's superpower, that's not, um, that's not trivial. And therefore, 
that also has implications for India. And, and yes, it will remain strategically autonomous, but it also means that if you're getting closer to, um, to the United States, there are things that perhaps will have to change in the way the uh, India does foreign policy. Um, what it means specifically will vary and it is yet to be determined, but I think this is certainly a reality. Um, and then I guess the other point that I will make for both countries is, is frankly, don't let that enthusiasm for cooperation sit at the high level. Make sure you actually um, build that relationship, uh, you know, well, from the bottom up, or you, you make sure that whatever is decided when it comes to cooperation is uh, accepted uh, within the bureaucracy so that we can, we can, you know, essentially continue to cooperate over the long term. Great. And as we uh, wrap up the conversation today, maybe if you can tell all of our listeners how they can learn more about the work of the Pacific Forum and where to follow you on social media and other platforms. Absolutely. Please visit our website, www.pacforum.org. Um, and uh, we are also uh, on Twitter, uh, at Pacific Forum. Uh, I'm on Twitter personally as well. Uh, and we're on LinkedIn. You can easily find us on, on you know, uh, if, you, if you Google our work. We Most of our publications are available freely on our website. And uh, yes, please follow up. Um, follow us on, 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 on social media. Great. Well, David, it was a pleasure talking with you today and I want to encourage everyone to definitely, uh, follow Pacific forum, look at their work. If you want really nuanced, comprehensive analysis, they're your go-to, uh, particularly on us India relations, but much more, they do a lot more work, um, on East Asia as well, but definitely, a very uh, important perspective that they're providing on U.S.-India relations. So definitely go visit their website, follow them on Twitter, and we'll have all that information in the description on the podcast. But David, once again, it was a pleasure talking with you today and hope to talk to you again very soon. Thank you so much, Samir. Really appreciated the discussion. Well, that's it for this episode of That's So Hindu. If you enjoyed it, please take a minute and leave us a nice five-star review. It's how you can help the show get discovered by more listeners. You can help ensure that more of these get made by making a donation to HAF at hinduamerican.org slash donate. Thanks again for listening.